Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for coming. Hope you guys had a great reinvent so far. So my name is Venkatesh, and I'll be presenting this session with uh, Marco, who's my colleague. We are both senior product managers with the Amazon recognition team. So let's look at uh, what we are going to talk about in this session today. So first, we're going to talk about what Amazon recognition does today. We're going to go through some of the recent announcements that we have made and the features we have added. And we'll also talk about some of the best practices to get the best out of these features. Then we'll also talk about some cool customer use cases, and that's my favorite part of the presentation. We see some really cool stuff coming out of uh, what our customers are doing with recognition. And in the end, we'll have a small demo uh, to showcase some of the capabilities. So let's dive in. So Amazon recognition, as most of you probably know, is a deep learning-based, uh, easy-to-use service for image and video analysis. Amazon recognition video, uh, sorry, image, uh, helps you search, verify, and organize millions of images in a day. And yesterday, we launched Amazon recognition video, which also now allows you to get motion-based context out of video. And you can use videos from either S3 or through a live stream. So now let's look at what Amazon recognition image can do today. So today we have six capabilities. The first one is object and scene detection, which given an image tells you what's in it, tells you the objects and scenes. The second one is facial detection and analysis, which uh, given an image finds the faces in it and also tells you uh, different attributes about the faces. Then we have facial recognition, and it doesn't show it here, but we also have verification where you could uh, search for identities and you know, build collections or databases of faces and search against that. Then we have uh, unsafe image detection, or uh, formally called as image moderation, which will allow you to detect explicit and suggestive adult content in images. And then there's celebrity recognition, where uh, you can automatically identify hundreds and thousands of uh, famous people uh, or celebrities. And then finally, this text in image, which is for detecting and recognizing text in uh, real-world images. So yesterday, as I mentioned, we launched Amazon Recognition Video. And besides giving you some of the features that you just saw with Amazon Recognition um, Image, which is object and scene detection, uh, facial detection, celebrity recognition, and unsafe, uh, in this case, video detection, uh, I would like to call out a couple of things that uh, you know, we have added to the video analysis, which is uh, pretty different. So the first one is, along with the object and scene, we also detect activities. Now, uh, activity detection requires understanding the context of what is happening over a bunch of frames. So this could be things like a person blowing a candle, somebody playing a guitar, you know, or a baby crawling. So these things require uh, models to be trained to understand what's happening across a series of frames. So now we have added that along with the objects and scenes that you see uh, for images. The second one, which is new, is person tracking. So in a video now, you can find different people and then track them throughout the duration of this video. And even if people are you know, crossing each other or they go out briefly and come back in, we'll still manage to track them. And the third one uh, is real-time live stream video processing. And we do this today through Kinesis uh, video streams. So you can ingest the video through the Kinesis video stream, process it using recognition, and then send back the results uh, on the stream again. And all of these uh, 
APIs give you data along with timestamps. So now uh, you can figure out what is happening in each segment of the video specifically. So now with these launches, um, you get the benefits that Amazon Recognition offered in both image and video. So you get an easy-to-use deep learning-based service. It's cost-effective. It's scalable. It's all the usual stuff that you've come to expect of a good AWS service. So uh, in this particular session, we'll be focusing mostly on Amazon Recognition Image. But uh, you know, we'll be happy to take your questions about the video service as well. And we'll take your questions at the end of this session. So please hold on to them. So over the last year, we have received a lot of uh, feedback from customers. And we're constantly looking to add new features based on this. So let's take a look at how uh, Amazon Recognition Image has evolved over the last year. So last year, around this time, which was reInvent 2016, we launched Amazon Recognition Image with these three capabilities, which was object and scene detection, facial detection and analysis, and facial recognition. What we then heard from customers, especially the people who have a lot of user-generated content, is that they want to be able to detect inappropriate content in images. And nudity or adult content is the most common problem. So in April, we launched that as the image moderation API, which we now call as uh, unsafe image detection. Uh, we also heard from customers who wanted to, you know, you could always create a face collection of celebrities and kind of figure out if there's a celebrity in the image, but the list of celebrities is long. And so people were asking us, can you do this for us and just pretend a model? So in June, that's what we did, and we launched the celebrity recognition API. Now, once these were available, uh, the next obvious step was, can you do text in images? And so just last week, we launched this API for detecting text in images, which I briefly mentioned. We also heard uh, feedback about, you know, there's a limitation on a facial detection that it only detected uh, 15 faces. And we wanted to update that. So we also updated our uh, facial detection and facial recognition algorithms. And I'll go into that into a bit more detail later in this presentation. Let's look at the regions in which Amazon recognition uh, is available, and this is image. So when we launched, we were available in the three regions, US East, US West Oregon, and uh, EU Ireland. And uh, based on the feedback from our public sector customers who wanted us to be in uh, GovCloud, we added that in uh, June last year. So since we launched this service, uh, you know, we have seen a lot of different verticals adopting it. And the list of customers that we have today, you can see that there are some themes here. Uh, if you look at verticals like media and entertainment, you would see names like C-SPAN, Pinterest, uh, Open Influence, Scripps Network. And when I say media and entertainment, I also include things like social media in that. There's also... Uh, big uptake on things like public safety. So if you look at names like uh, Washington County Sheriff or Marinus uh, or Motorola, those are, or Butterfly, these are all in the space of public safety or even home uh, safety. You know? uh, so there's a lot of good stuff coming out there. Uh, if you look at things like photo sharing, uh, we have SmugMug as a customer. And if you look at digital asset management, Again, based on images, you want to understand and manage your assets. You have people like Binder. 
And we've also seen some uh, very interesting use cases which you know, we hadn't really thought of. Uh, on the bottom there, you'll see Google Apps, which is, uh, you know, they built an app called Happy Snap, which lets children learn based on snapping a picture. And then they use recognition to understand what's really happening in the picture, what's the object. And so the child can learn this is how it looks, and this is what it is. So we have seen some very interesting use cases come up, which we didn't really think of when we launched this. So let's dive into now each of the APIs. And I want to focus mostly on the use cases, because by now probably you guys are familiar how the APIs work. The first one is object and scene detection. So as I was mentioning, uh, given an image, this will tell you what kind of objects and scenes are there. You get a set of labels with a confidence score for each label. Now, uh, once you get this information, you can easily tag your library of images and generate this metadata. And once you have this metadata, you can figure out what to do with it. You could do search based on certain objects or scenes uh, you know, appearing in the image. You could categorize the data. You could feed this into another ML model to do topic modeling and things like that. So we have seen customers come up with all sorts of use cases here. Let's look at one common uh, you know, use case or architecture that we have seen often with uh, object and scene detection. So as you can see here, uh, if you, for example, had a mobile app and uh, you know, it was putting in images, what you could do is once the image is snapped, you could put it to an Amazon S3 bucket. And as you all know, there are, uh, there's ways to trigger an event in Lambda where as soon as you upload an image, you can trigger the event automatically. And then as soon as that happens, you can use recognition, pass the image to that, and tag that. So all the images that are getting uploaded will then get tagged. And once the tag, tagging information is available, you can go into either persistent storage like Dynamo, or you could put it into Elasticsearch to create a search index. So this is a common, uh, I would say, workflow that we have seen customers do, especially for uh, figuring out what's the metadata and storing it and searching it. Um, one such customer uh, who used this was Open Influence, and they had a very interesting talk uh, just maybe an hour back of how they used Amazon recognition to analyze 30 million Instagram posts. And they got about 120 million labels out of it. They took the high confidence labels, and they built a story around that. So earlier, they were using hashtags to figure out what's happening. This is an influencer marketing platform. So they look at uh, what kind of influencers are doing uh, you know, what, and they look at product placement. They look at who's following whom. And they want to be able to quickly search and match the right concepts here. So earlier, they were using hashtags. And now with recognition, they were able to catalog these images, figure out what's, in, what's happening in them and then use that instead of the hashtags, which improved their visual search tremendously. So that's object and scene detection. Now let's go on to the facial detection and analysis uh, APIs. So this, as I was mentioning, uh, given an image, it will first find the face and the bounding box for the face. But it also gives you a lot of interesting information, which can be used in many different ways. So the first one is demographic data, where you get the age range of the person. So it's an estimated age range. And if you want a single number, you could choose the midpoint of that. We also give you the gender. So 
If you think of applications of something like this, um, if you think of retail, for example, you have a lot of people walking into your store, and you want to understand what's the demographic of people coming in. Let's say you're running a promotion, and you want to understand who is it resonating with, things like that. So there's, that, that becomes very easy once you have this information available at your fingertips. The second category of attributes is uh, emotions or sentiments. So we detect seven different uh, sentiments. And you could, again, use this and combine this with the demographic data if you want. But you could use it to do things like, if you're in the hospitality industry, you could look at how is somebody reacting to a particular service. Or you know, if there's an interactive game that somebody's playing, or anything that is interactive where the screen captures the face, you could use this to then analyze the sentiment of what is happening. Or if you just want to analyze the sentiment of a group of people, let's say in this room, if I wanted to take an image and figure out what's the general sentiment of this room right now. You know, so that could also be done with this. The third one is facial landmarks. So we give you a set of landmarks for around the eyes, nose, uh, lips, chin. What you could use this for is you could either use it to align the images. You could do things like morphing one face onto the another. Uh, we've also heard of very interesting applications where if you want to locate, for example, somebody's lips, and you want to color that with a different color, let's say you are a you have a cosmetics company and you want to show people how different lip colors look, you could do things like that. So with the landmark information, you kind of know the lay of the land, of the face, and then you could do multiple things with that. We also have a set of general attributes which are interesting in their own right. Um, we have things like whether a person is smiling or not. You also get facial hair, so whether somebody has beard, mustache, whether they're wearing glasses. And the interesting one here is uh, something called as eyes open. Now, if you think about this, you could think of applications in, for example, you have installed a camera in a car, and you want to see if the driver is you know, awake, they're alert, their eyes should be open. right? So you could use this very simply to figure out whether somebody's really doing their job and their eyes are open. Same thing could apply to somebody who's operating, let's say, security, or sorry, um, machinery, and you know, factory safety in, uh, applications like that. The last two are pose and quality. So the pose is, uh, you know, as you would imagine, it takes the pitch, roll, and yaw of the face. So you could figure out if somebody is looking straight or if the head is tilted down, sideways, different axes. And the quality, as it suggests, it can tell you whether the image is blurred or not. Uh, so you would want to look for a sharp image or you know something which has good brightness. Now, if you look at each of these. Uh, each of these attributes has good use cases on its own. But you could start putting them together also for some very interesting um, ideas. So imagine that if you had a, if, if you were running a dating website or you were running a social media website where customers upload profile pictures, right? And you want to assist them in figuring out what's the best picture. And people could have different definitions of what's the best picture. Now you as a customer or even your customers could choose different things, and then automatically you could create business rules here saying, let's say, for example, I only want the best pictures, so to speak, should have the person is front facing. So you could use the pose for that. The quality of the image is good. It's not a blurred uh, you know, image. You could use the bounding box, uh, which we also return, to figure out the area that the face covers in that image. So for example, you don't want uh, 
a profile picture where the face only covers, let's say, 20% of the area. Maybe you can keep something like 40 or 50% as the minimum threshold. So as you can see, you can just use these uh, use this information in any which way you want and create your own business rules and applications. So that's with facial detection and analysis. As I was mentioning, uh, we had a limit of 15 uh, faces uh, per image. And so last week, we announced this new crowd mode where now you can detect up to 100 faces in the image. Now, as you can see, and this, this is not very clear, but there's actually bounding boxes around uh, you know, each of the person's faces here. They're in gray, so apologize for that. But as you can see, this is now uh, opening up new applications. If you want to do crowd sentiment analysis, let's say you are the owner of a sporting venue, or you have concerts, or you have things like that, or if you have a very large retail store where, again, you're running a busy promotion, a lot of people are coming in, and you need to analyze all of that at scale. So with this, you can do that very easily. And 100 is quite a lot, but you know, you could always, if you need to go even higher, you could stitch together different images. But now all of this is fairly easy to do with the same API call. There's absolutely no change. You just get more faces. So I've been mentioning this uh, use case a couple of times. This is how you might actually do it. So let's say you, have a, you want to study the demographics and sentiments of, uh, in your retail store, especially in busy periods when you're running a promotion, or to understand how particular aisles you know, have a distribution of who's coming. Maybe you want to understand that, or you, 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 you find that when I run this promotion in this particular aisle, this product has mostly women aged you know, 40 to 60 coming to it, or this is appealing to children. And now if you want to do it in a busy period, you could now use the crowd uh, API that we have to do it for up to 100 people at once. So now uh, what you would do here is you would just take the image using a mounted camera. You would pass that to recognition. And then you know, uh, once you have the information, you can put that in something like Redshift. You could do analytics with QuickSight, visualize you know, the different demographic distributions or um, age ranges and things like that. So it's all. It's a good uh, way to put together different AWS services and get what you want out of that. So now let's talk about uh, you know, facial recognition and uh, face search. So face search on Amazon recognition is a three-step process. First, you have to create the collection, as we call it, which is a database where you can store the actual faces. So once that container is created, there's a process to index faces into that. So for example, you have 10,000 people that you want to put into the database. You would have to take those images and then run the indexing operation. And now they go into the collection as face vectors. Once you have that, your collection is loaded. It's ready to go. And then the third step is now you can run a search against that. So this was launched last year. And you know we have seen a lot of good applications for this. But uh, what people asked us for was, can you make it much more scalable? I have lots and lots of faces, and I want to search them very fast. So what we launched last week was real-time face search against tens of millions of images. So if you think about this, now you can put tens of millions of faces into a collection, and you would still get search results back in real time. And that is pretty powerful for certain applications where the scope of search is so large that 
and time matters. And so, you know, this, this is why we built this. We heard this feedback from customers that we have lots and lots of faces and we want to search them very fast. So let's look at one of our customers who actually built a very uh, cool application with this. And uh, some of you might have attended this talk earlier uh, by Chris at Zima, who's with the Washington County Sheriff Office. So the Washington County Sheriff Office is a first responder to 911 calls. And uh, what happens here is, you know, they have a list of previous offenders. So they have a huge database of mugshots of people who were apprehended for different crimes. And, you know, it's 300K images. It's a lot of images to search through. So once they get a report that, you know, somebody is doing suspicious things or it's potentially a sighting of a known criminal, the way it used to work was they used to have uh, PDF bulletins which used to go out to their officers and detectives in the field. And those people, if they remembered that they'd seen somebody or if they knew somebody who else, uh, somebody else who had uh, seen this, they would just communicate. And it was very difficult and slow to actually do this. Now with face search, what they were able to do was load this up into a collection. They build this in like two weeks. And then the time to find this, uh, such a person that came down to seconds, right? And it's a very interesting use case that uh, you know, Chris mentioned in his presentation, and I'm going to borrow that because it's just so cool. So this person was actually captured on a store cam, and he was suspected of uh, taking, uh, I think, $1,000 worth of stuff from a big box hardware store. And he didn't pay for it. He just went off. And so once they got this image, uh, now with recognition, face search powering that, what they could do is immediately search for him against those 300K uh, you know, indexed faces. And within seconds, they found this match of this person. And of course, his name was also present. Now, once that was available, they were able to send that to the detective in the field saying, here's the person, here's his name. And what that detective did was he went to his Facebook profile, and here's the picture he found. Now, as you can see, he's wearing the same hoodie, right? And this person, as luck would have it, has a weird look on his face where it's, you know, he look, it looks like he's smoking. So it's a, it's a very distinctive picture. So you, they could ID it pretty quickly, and then the arrest was made, right? So this, was, this, this has happened in the first week, like three days after they put the system in place. And now, as you can imagine, the real-time face search would keep enabling such applications even if their list of previous offenders grows to millions of people. And in the field, speed matters. Like, uh, you know, Chris himself said this, a few seconds in the field can save a life. And in this case, it's, it's very humbling to see the kind of impact that you know, customers are able to have. And we can play our small part in that as well. The, there's another use case here which is similar in its scale and its impact. And this is by uh, Marinus Analytics. So Marinus is it's a CMU-based uh, company, and I'm from CMU, so just shout out there. Um, now, Marinus uses artificial intelligence tools to help law enforcement uh, fight against sex trafficking. What happens here is a lot of minors are captured and they're trafficked for sex. And that's a, that's a pretty horrible thing to happen to anybody. And the list of missing people runs into millions. Now again, 
earlier law enforcement didn't have any way and what what these people do is they actually post ads online and people like Marinus have access to the ads but it's very difficult to make an ID saying that this is the actual person who's missing. So what they did was again they used face search and they indexed all these millions of missing people into that. And as with Washington County Sheriff, within a few days they were able to immediately find matches for and they were able to save victims. Like in this particular case, there's a social media picture of a victim available saying that this person, here's the Facebook picture and they're actually missing. And they looked that against the collection of millions of uh, pictures taken from the ads and they're able to make a match and officers were able to go and save her. And within the few weeks after that, you know, there were more and more people who got saved due to this. Uh, another such use case for face search is in the media and entertainment space where uh, C-SPAN, as most of you might be familiar with, they do a lot of programming of uh, the government. They, they have a lot of politicians showing up in their feeds. And one of the things that they had to do was to figure out which video clips contain uh, you know, which politician. And so earlier, they had this process as a completely manual process. Somebody had to go through all this video and figure out you know, when is Donald Trump showing up or you know, when is Sean Spicer showing, excuse me, showing up in the clip, and also search for that. So it was a very tedious process. So what C-SPAN was able to do was quickly index all these politicians. And as you can see there, it's 99,000 identities. And what you can do here is for every identity, which is a single person, you could have multiple images of that person from different angles just to improve the accuracy. So they did that. And again, they were able to build this in a couple of weeks. And once they put this into production, they were able to save 9,000 hours of labor every year. And that's, that's pretty phenomenal uh, impact. So now that we have looked at some of the use cases that people are doing with uh, face search particularly, let's look at some best practices uh, you know, as to how you can get the most out of faces. And there are some... Uh, there's some tips and tricks which you can use. So the first one is about the size of the face. So I, I mentioned the crowd uh, mode, you know, where you have up to 100 faces. Now, as you can imagine, as you pack more and more faces into the picture, it gets smaller. Or if you have a security use case where you have a camera uh, which is mounted overhead, the faces might get smaller and smaller based on that. So there is a, obviously a limit because beyond a point, there's not enough information in the image that you can capture it. So we recommend that the face uh, be at least 5% of the shorter image dimension. So if you have, for example, a 1080p image, you, know, you would want the face to be 50 pixels by 50 pixels, around that size, and we'll find it. Um, technically, we can go lower, but if you just want to find the faces and count them, that's still good. You could do that. But if you want to do facial recognition based on that, we would recommend using larger faces because then there's more information and the quality of the features that we extract from that would be much better. The other uh, tip here is for live use cases. So for example, if you have somebody uploading a picture on a website and you want to quickly give them feedback or do some of the business rules that I mentioned before based on facial analysis and uh, you know, give them a result. So it's an interactive setup. You don't want it to take too long because the customer experience will suffer. So what you can do there is 
as you might know, Amazon recognition takes images both from S3 as well as as raw bytes. So instead of writing it to S3 and kind of reading it back, that's a lot of round trip time. You could just send the bytes directly, and any live use case would benefit from this because the speed would then be higher. The other uh, thing for speed is you can play with the resolution. So for example, if you have a use case where you were building a smart check-in system where people are walking up in a line, you have a controlled environment, you take a close-up shot of the person, and the face is present, and you're just identifying that this person is actually this, the, you know, one of the whitelisted people or not, you don't really need an HD image for that. There's, you know, the face is occupying probably 80% of that. It's a close-up shot. So what you could do is, in such cases, you could opportunistically reduce the resolution. And if the image is small, then it will get processed faster. Uh, it's not a linear scale, but definitely you can expect that progression. So this is, again, for the facial detection piece. For the facial search piece, we already have vectors. And we have done a lot of work to make sure that the speed remains almost constant even though you keep increasing the number of searches that you have to do. The other thing that we see often is uh, if you have use cases where there's a lot of variation in the same person's appearance, and you don't have too many people. So let's say you have only 100 people that you are interested in, but each of those 100 people could have a lot of variations in their face. And you want to be able to still accurately match that. So what you could do is you could create separate collections for each of these people. So let's say you have these 100 people. You create the 100 collections. You could put all the variations of one person in one collection. So essentially, the collection maps to an identity. And then you would have to do some work to parallelly search across these collections and aggregate the results. But if your application has that requirement of very high accuracy under high variability for individuals, you could do something like this. And finally, I want to touch upon face model versioning. This is something we introduced recently. So at Amazon Recognition, our scientists are always working to improve the models that we have based on feedback, based on the use cases that we see. And we put that out in the form of new models. Right Now, when we put a new model in, it could have a different architecture. It could have different dimensions and things like that. So there's no guarantee that it could be compatible with the previous version. And that's why we have introduced this concept of versioning, where every time we have a new model, the version would be updated. Now, if you already have a collection using a certain model version, you obviously don't want that to suddenly change one day when we update the model, right? So what we do is we don't move you automatically to the new version, because that probably will behave differently. And you might have thresholds set up and other things set up based on that version. So we allow you to do it at your own pace, uh, where you'll have to re-index it into the new uh, version. And that's at your pace. So if you feel you're ready, you have already tested it out in a small scale, and now you want to run it into production, you could now create a new collection. And the way it would work is any new collection would default to the latest version. And if you have an old one, it will stay there. So that allows you to manage what you want to do. But if you're a new customer coming in, you always get the latest and the greatest. So that's for the best practices. And now I'd like to hand it over to my colleague, Marco, to take you to the rest of the presentation. Thank you, Bankatesh. Hi, everyone. 
So one of the other capabilities that we added um, you know, since last reInvent is unsafe image detection. So um, in lots of use cases, our customers are asking for ways to detect um, explicit or suggestive adult content. Right? Um, but sometimes knowing that content is explicit or suggestive is not enough. So what we provide is um, a hierarchy of labels where, you know, for explicit, you may have you know, sexual activity or nudity, and in suggestive, you want to have the level of detail that tells you, you know, it's fem female swimwear or male swimwear. Um, so the way it works is you get these labels associated to your image as usual with a, with a confidence um, score. Um, so the use cases that we, uh, we see our customers applying uh, safe image detection to are, if you think about, um, for example, dating apps, um, where, for example, Soul's platform, which actually provides, enables uh, dating apps to, to be built via a cloud-based um, customizable platform. Um, in this case, what you can see is, um, again, a similar architecture to the one we saw before, where you know, a user um, submits an, a, an image, it gets stored on S3, and then recognition um, gives you know, labels that um, tell you it's um, explicit content, it's suggestive, it's female swimwear. And this way, you can send only the images um, that you consider uh, to be monitored and manually reviewed to a moderation workforce, um, which allows you to dramatically reduce uh, the cost of your moderation workforce. Um, so platform, you know, applies this to, um, to moderating um, images, to filtering out uh, users that they don't want to be able to, after they're updating, uh, updating many explicit um, images. Um, and, you know, in, we see lots of usage in, the, in dating apps, as I said. Um, celebrity recognition. So we, we heard this, um, the need for this feature multiple times from our customers where they were building their collections of faces um, for different celebrities. So with celebrity recognition, you can recognize actually thousands of um, global public figures um, across uh, you know, business, media, entertainment, politics, sport, um, across a variety of domains. Um, and what this enables you, to, enables you to do is, for example, in your, in your you know, digital assets, uh, images, and as of today also on videos, you can go and look for um, specific celebrities. Uh, for example, if there is a news about, a piece of news about a specific celebrity, you can quickly look up in your catalog of images and videos and say, okay, give me only the images and videos that have that, the celebrity. Um, and we also provide some additional metadata such as the IMDB uh, link for that celebrity. As of last week, um, we announced texting image, which is something the customer had been asking um, for since the beginning, since we launched recognition. Um, texting image allows you to um, detect text in real world images, uh, which is called, you know, in, in science, in research, um, it's called text in the wild or text in natural scenes. Um, and you know, it can be uh, text completely in the wild, such as street signs or um, you know, license plates. It can be text on screen. If you think about captions or ads or news um, in, your, in your videos. Um, or it can be um, 
Text, for example, on social media images. If you think about stylized quotes over landscapes or on your family picture. Um, text and image recognizes both words and lines. For example, the box thing in this image will be uh, considered as a line. You'll get this hierarchy of lines and words. Um, you will get the, the actual text label, so the characters, and, and the bounding box. In this case, it's also um, oriented. You see, it detects text um, with you know, horizontal alignment plus minus 30 degrees, approximately. Um, and it works only on, not only on printed text, but also on stylized, heavily stylized fonts, uh, almost handwritten. Um, and in this image, you can see that it's both uh, horizontally aligned and stylized, um, stylized almost um, 30 degrees oriented uh, text. Um, what this enables you to do is to enrich you know, your catalog of images with um, text information. In this case, you have a picture of Seattle when there is text overlaid uh, close to the Space Needle. What you can get from recognition is not only that there is mountains in the Space Needle, but also that there is the actual war Seattle. Um, you can persist this information in DynamoDB or index it with Elasticsearch. So the next time your users come and look for the war Seattle, you can pull up this image and present it to them in a recommendation engine, for example. Um, another use case that uh, we're enabling customers to, uh, to implement is um, license plate recognition or recognition of vehicles or products based on uh, numerical codes. If you think about you know, recognizing a, like a bottle based on um, you know, the price or based on specific features on, on the label. So um, an application that we will see, like an architecture that we will see here is uh, actually streaming and capturing frames from cameras on the streets, um, analyzing them with recognition and detecting, you know, there is a license plate, that is the number, um, and then persisting it in DynamoDB or S3 and, um, and then notifying maybe the user. And you can, you can match maybe the number with, um, you know, table that says for this vehicle, this is the owner, this is the model, and, and whatnot. A few best practices for, for text and image, uh, since, the, since it's a new um, feature that we release. Um, focus on real-world images. So this is meant for text in the wild, again, um, social media images, um, so in media use cases, for example, text on screen, um, rather than documents. Um, focus on specific areas of interest. So, for example, in the license plate case, if you know that you have a fixed camera and cars always uh, roll on a certain part of your screen, just you know, send us the crop images, it increases, um, increases the accuracy of the text that we detect. Um, test multiple orientations. Um, so right now, as I said, we detect text with plus or minus 30 degrees. But think about you know, uh, floor plans if you're in, uh, in real estate. When you have tax on you know, four different, every 90 degrees, we recommend you to test it on, you know, again, every multiple orientations to, to extract the tax from, from various, um, the various degrees. Um, we have customers that are interested in you know, only numerical codes, others that want only English words or um, you know, Spanish words. Um, and by the way, something that I, I forgot to mention is that it detects every Latin script. So A through Z, it doesn't know that it's English or Spanish, but anything that um, basically looks like a Latin script and A through Z or a number or a, um, a common symbol is detected and you can extract it. 
Um, if you're only interested in spell checking, sorry, in, in dictionary words, use a spell checker for the language that you're interested in, send the output there. Um, or as of yesterday also, you can use the Amazon Comprehend APIs. So you can send the extracted text from images to detect the language, to extract entities, extract, um, you know, they do topic modeling, key phrases, or sentiment analysis. Um, I wanted to do a quick demo of um, works. I have to do a quick demo, just run through the, you know, the console for those of you that are not familiar. Uh, so this is the AWS management console. Um, for Amazon recognition, on the left you see all the image um, APIs and functionalities, and down here you find video analysis. I'll, I'll quickly go through all, all of them. For objects, um, you get basically all the labels on the right, skateboard with confidence score. And here on the left, you get the actual API response, which see it's usually a JSON um, output with the label and the confidence, and they are ranked by um, by you know from zero to hundred. Sorry, from hundred to to zero. Um, image moderation, which is unsafe image detection. In this case, it doesn't detect any unsafe content, so the uh, the API and the output is empty. In this case, it will detect female swimwear as a, as a subcategory of suggestive content. And you find this category with you know, parent name that allows you to, uh, to see, you know, to capture the hierarchy. Um, facial analysis, um, again, up to 100 faces. It gives you all the um, landmarks and the attributes on the right. Um, so it looks like a face, appears to be. Um, Female, the age range, smiling, physical down. Uh, actually, in the API response, you have all of them. So you have the quality of the image, you have um, you know the sentiment and the emotion, um, and you have at the end, the very end, then you have pause like roll, yo, and and pitch. Um, and if there are 15 phases, you get this information for all 15 phases. In this case, for example, there are there are three, and you get them for for all of them one at a time, right? And so the API will return all this information. Celebrity recognition is you know, very similar. It will tell you um, that this is Jeff Bezos, the IMDB link in case you want to capture additional metadata, um, and the, the bounding box, so the, the geometric coordinates of where the face is in the picture. Face comparison, I'll show you face search on, on a larger collection of faces, but the idea is you have two pictures and it tells you um, between the first and the second image all the faces that match, they're similar versus those that are not. So in this case, um, the girl appears with 93% um, confidence in both pictures, um, but there is no similarity with the other two faces. Um, and the recently announced text and image, which gives you, in this case, the, um, a list of objects. Any object is a word or a line. So in this case, I don't know if you can see it, but it's, you know, the first one is it's. It tells you the geomet geometric coordinates, both of the bounding box and as a polygon. So you get the four vertices. And you get the ID. 
so that um, in this case it, it's only it's one line when it's also only one word. So it's in this case um, it's the only word in the line. But if it was, for example, but keep, you have you know you have the idea of the line and then you have the idea of the two words that match the parent line. So this kind of layout information. And I wanted to show you very briefly. I don't know who of you had the chance to look at video analysis, um, but it it looks like this. In the sample video we have, you know. Uh, Jeff and Werner, in people detection, it tells you that, for example, Werner shows up only from this frame onwards, and, and Jeff disappears as of this frame, and it's only Werner. So you can get this kind of um, the same you know, face and celebrity and unsafe image detection information that before you would get on an image, now you get it at different timestamps on a video for your store videos. And the final. Final demo I wanted to quickly show you is face search. It works. So in this case, we have a we created a collection with all AWS employees, and this is a picture of me with other beer a couple of years ago, and it matches and it tells me that you know out of the all AWS employees, that's the match with me, and there are other people that look like me or I look like. Um, so with and without beard, Venkatesh. It's graduation, so we headgear or without headgear or different uh, glasses, you can still match. Um, we have Jeff Barr, who recently is into pink hair, and you know it wasn't some time ago. So you can detect also you know, different hairstyles or different hair colors, um, and just out of popularity, I had to throw Werner. And um, also, he's a very popular face, I don't know. But you know, you see other matches, but there is a difference in in the confidence level. And finally, uh, James Hamilton. You know, it didn't change much, in yeah. But that's how it was detected. Um, if you want to get started, you probably already know about these um, these resources. But definitely, the recognition get it started page, uh, developer resources, and the AWS AI blog. Uh, we have solutions architects and customers publishing um, you know, their stories or architecture and CloudFormation template about how they're using recognition. Um, yeah, this concludes our presentation. We'll be off stage if you want to come ask us questions. We'll take them on both sides. But thank you.